What does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go beyond the scripts. Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft from the Pioneer Rx Education Team. Now, every time we have a guest on the uh, podcast, it seems like we talk so much about the collaboration between that pharmacy and their community, that pharmacy and local networks, and really how uh, many of the leaders in pharmacy today are just really moving the profession forward. So today we have a very special guest from the uh, state of Ohio. We have Miss Allison Hass. Allison, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. So you are a pharmacy owner there in the state of Ohio, as well as a big player in the CPESN team there as the lead luminary and uh, lead network facilitator. So tell me a little bit about what that looks like just on the day to day for you. Sure. So I'm really lucky. We have a great team of luminaries in Ohio um, and, you know, lots of folks that help play a part. But uh, Kevin Day and I co-lead the network in Ohio. Um, so our team meets weekly um, to kind of strategize and work through payer engagements and recruitment and those sorts of things. Um, so we have a lot going on in Ohio right now. Uh, so it's definitely a, a bit of a time commitment, but very worthwhile to see things kind of moving forward and, um, you know, getting to be a part of that and working with about 100 pharmacies across the state of Ohio right now. Awesome. Awesome. And so you're doing that uh, at the same time that you're actually serving in your own pharmacy. Are you in the pharmacy every day or do you have uh, a bench pharmacist uh, who kind of fills in? Yeah, I have an awesome staff. Um, so we have I have a part-time pharmacist who's there um, a, a lot of the times. Uh, I kind of pop in and out a lot, um, but do uh, still staff. And then we also have a resident who is there two days a week uh, with me and then they split their time with Ohio Northern University and then one day a week with CPS in Ohio. So that's been a really nice addition to our, our pharmacy. Very cool. So uh, where's your pharmacy at exactly? We are in Jackson Center, Ohio. Um, and so our claim to fame here in Jackson Center is it's where Airstream travel trailers are made. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So we're uh, bullet travel trailers, but we're just uh, about 45 minutes to an hour north of Dayton. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that's one of the things on my like bucket list of projects is one of the cool old airstreams. They're just such a cool like piece of uh, Americana and Wonderlust and uh, retro style. Like it's just a cool thing. So that's kind of a neat, awesome. neat tie. Yeah. Um. So you guys opened this pharmacy uh, not too too long ago, right? Two thousand fourteen. Uh, was that a completely new startup, or was that a pharmacy that you guys took over? How how did that come about? It actually was a completely new startup. Uh, so there was a pharmacy here in town for about 20 years, husband and wife. Um, and so timing wise, um, we just happened to still be in school when they closed the pharmacy. Uh, and we really, our intention was to buy a pharmacy in the general area um, and not necessarily pursue the startup as our first venture out of school. Um, but, you know, we couldn't 
find something that exactly fit our needs. We knew we wanted to get back to Jackson Center eventually. Um, we were just hoping to get a little bit more experience under our belt before jumping into a startup, but we just went ahead with it anyway. Um, and so my husband and I started the pharmacy in 2014. And, um, oddly enough, it's like in half of the location where the old pharmacy was. Um, and then we, sh- we shared the building with Subway. So it's super convenient lunch. Um, and you can actually, <laughs> we have our own entrance to Subway. So. Oh, nice. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. So um, you guys were in pharmacy school together or uh, it, is he in the pharmacy as well? Um, so he does not currently work in the pharmacy. Uh, when we first opened, he actually was there every day for the first year um, while I spent time at Cal Pharmacy. Uh, and then we did the transition. Actually, for a while there, we were both, um, you know, working a couple jobs to to make it all work in the beginning. And then uh, I took over full time in year two or three. Uh, so, but he's a you know, very helpful as far as like operations and you know advice and whatnot. But he's not there all the time. Nice. All right. Well, shout out to Brandon for uh, helping helping get that going. Uh, also, you mentioned Kalp Pharmacy, kind of a uh, a mainstay in Ohio uh, pharmacy. So, shout out to Kalp as well. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So, you you guys decided, hey, let's go start a new pharmacy. The existing pharmacy was already closed? Uh, how, did, how did that transition kind of happen? Because there seems like there is a gap. Did those patients go somewhere else or, or was it a pretty smooth transition? It was a little bit hard at first. Um, so it was actually probably about five years between the two stores. Um, and so we're in a small town of about 1,500 people um, and we don't currently have a grocery store. Um, so I think, you know, traffic patterns and folks having to leave town to get groceries and whatnot, they got kind of used to getting their prescriptions elsewhere. So it did take a little bit of time, um, you know, to, to get that habit back. But we're very lucky. We have a lot of providers in town. So we have um, two physician's offices that have multiple providers. Um, I mentioned Airstream earlier. They actually have a provider on site as well. Uh, so for a small town, uh, we we have a lot going on in the in the healthcare world, so it did take us a little bit of time, but the providers were all super um, supportive and did a really great job of you know making sure that folks knew that there was something in town. Um, and you know, a couple years in, we we really kind of got to a point where we were able to level off and have been going strong since. Nice, nice. That's um, that's kind of interesting. How far of a drive do you think your patients had to make? Uh, before you filled in that gap? Uh, 15, 20 minutes is probably what most of them were making to to get to yeah. the nearby bigger towns. Yeah, so that's that's relatable. I mean, that's something we see a lot of uh, in this area is that you, you have some major hubs, but you have a lot of those small communities. And, um, you know, a lot of times it, it's like, all right, we're going to, uh, it's time to go to town. <laughs> we need to go get groceries or whatever. So like, you know, any, any of those outings, you really have to plan for. Um, and medications, you know, that, that can be something that, that might be put off then until we can, you know, group those trips together. So yeah, so. especially if you're, you know, at the doctor in town and you had to leave and go elsewhere to get your prescription is super inconvenient and, you know, not great for healthcare. So we're yeah, glad to be here sure. and be able to fill that hole. Yeah. So were, were there any like, um, was there a lot of fear or uh, nervousness like opening that pharmacy where another had closed? Did you see that 
hey, counting rooftops, looking at demographics, there's opportunity here? Or did you, were, were you ever second guessing that decision based on the fact that another pharmacy uh, had, had uh, closed its doors? Yeah, I mean, I think you always second guess, right? I mean, yeah. anytime, <laughs> especially with a startup <laughs> pharmacy. Um, but, you know, we, we would have people come in initially and say things like, well, just kind of want to see if you make it till we transfer our prescriptions. Um, you know, just don't want to go through that hassle. Uh, so that was hard um, to hear, especially like, you know, a year in still hearing that, like, we're never going to make it if you don't transfer your prescriptions. But the overwhelming majority of people is really supportive. So, I mean, we still run into problems with like, you know, big employers that, um, a lot of our, you know, would be patients or just like more our acute care patients are only acute care patients because their insurance pushes them elsewhere. And that's still like a big struggle for us. And, you know, we could do a lot more for a lot of people if we didn't have those barriers of, you know, mail order and, you know, the big chains pushing folks. Um, but you know, for, for where we are, we're, we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, you know, that's something we've talked about with some of our other guests, too, is, you know, a lot of times people in your community don't know that those local options are available and even, you know, don't know that their, um, you know, their prescription drug coverage may have some of those opportunities if they were to explore that a little bit. So, um, so if, uh, if somebody you know were looking to open a pharmacy, um, based on your experience and uh, with, with opening that pharmacy, but also all of your experience with CPESN and the current landscape, uh, do you have any advice you'd, you'd give to that, uh, that entrepreneur right now? Oh, so much advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could fill the whole hour with it. Um, no, really, I think that it, it's it's a hard place we're in right now because we're still kind of living off that dispensing revenue, um, even though it's not great. Um, and really looking forward to the future of what, you know, the service-based reimbursement looks like and, um, you know, getting paid for all these great things that we're doing and our collaboration with the rest of the healthcare team. So, um, you know, I, I think right now you just have to position yourself in a way that, um, you know, you start with that appointment-based model from the get-go and really train your patients, um, you know, that your pharmacy is different. Uh, I think the, the general population, you know, sees pharmacy as all the same, no matter where you go. Yeah, they may recognize that, you know, they may have a relationship with you um, as their pharmacist, but generally that we all do sort of the same thing. Uh, and I think you and I know that that's not true. Um, the the variation of service level and, and different offerings from pharmacy to pharmacy can be vastly different. So I think that, you know, if I were to start up right now or, or talk to somebody who's starting up, it's just to, you know, kind of get that service mindset in place and be forward thinking about what that will look like down the road as the, the reimbursement evolves around that area. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I love that this podcast every now and then, um, makes its way to somebody who's not from the realm of pharmacy. Uh, and sometimes this could include lawmakers. This could include, you know, who, who knows who stumbles across this podcast. Uh, so all of those things that you're talking about, those, those enhanced services, those things that pharmacies can do, uh, is really something that CPESN has been working to strengthen. Uh, so can you real Real quickly, kind of explain CPESN and, and the ideology behind that, just kind of the elevator pitch for anybody who's not familiar. Yeah, you bet. So CPSN is the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network. And um, the real idea here is that, you know, not every pharmacy is the same and that uh, 
pharmacies like mine um, are providing these enhanced services or kind of above and beyond just um, the dispensing process to take better care of their patients. And we need a way to aggregate the pharmacies that are, are doing those kinds of services. And this network is the way that we do it um, so that we can approach, you know, insurance companies or employers to say, here's a group of pharmacies that can provide these services for your um, employees or patients or whoever it may be. Um, and so that we can improve the quality of healthcare and lower the cost of healthcare um, by providing that locally within these uh, community pharmacies. Nice. Nice. So uh, membership with CPESN kind of holds pharmacies uh, accountable to you. You need to operate on a higher level. Um, but you guys also kind of provide that support to help pharmacies uh, advance their profession and, and move forward. So when you opened your pharmacy, were you um, right out of the bat offering those enhanced services? Were you involved with CPESN or, or did that kind of come across later? Like, hey, we're, we're open, but we can do more. Like what, which kind of drove the other? Yeah, so I think... For us, when we open, um, you know, I don't know if like MedSync was like as much of a buzz thing as it is now. Maybe it was. I don't know. But we just from the get go, we're kind of like, OK, we need to streamline things, make things easier for patients, make it easier for us when we're in the dispensing process to kind of understand what's going on with this patient. And, and MedSync is a great way for us to do that and review their whole profile at once and, uh, you know, see what we can do to help. So that was kind of our our mindset when we opened. And, you know, a lot of times people didn't realize, you know, patients, obviously, most of the time we don't say, like, we're going to put you on MedSync. Um, it's not really how we approach it with them. But we would just do that kind of in the background um, to streamline things. And that became really beneficial. And then when people would come in, we would have, you know, some payer opportunities with like MTM in the state of Ohio that we could then, you know, in our workflow, do these additional services. Um, and then so CPSN, I don't think was quite born yet in 2014. Um, I think we're coming up on our, our five years here with CPSN. So I think what catalyzed things in Ohio um, that was probably 2017, 2018, um, you know, at a, a meeting, uh, he was an Ohio pharmacist association meeting talking about, you know, had a lot of like-minded folks that were doing similar things. Um, we knew about CPSN actually, Kevin was working, uh, Kevin Day was working at NCPA at the time, um, and was moving back to Ohio to buy his dad's store. So the two of us were like, okay, let's do this. Um, and you know, we had some other folks that were, uh, willing to jump on with us and just kept kind of pushing things forward and really created this community of pharmacies. And we actually meet once a month with the CPSN Ohio pharmacies and what's evolved out of that is a lot of best practice sharing and has been a really nice community of folks to rely on um, and, and learn maybe what we can do different, what other services we can bring on that we haven't thought of. But CPSN has definitely driven us to, um, you know, do more. And um, I think especially with the documentation piece uh, and making sure that there's processes in place for the services that we're doing so that, you know, all the knowledge about my patients is not just in Allison's head, but we have an actual process for the whole staff to be involved in the care of our patients. Uh, so I think that's definitely been a benefit of CPSN. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's super cool to see that you were kind of there from the beginning. Um, and, you know, pharmacists love to talk. Pharmacists love to, to help each other. So it's cool to have that kind of 
you know, standardized uh, support network that you guys can work within, not only within Ohio, but it's what, 47 states now have CPESN networks? Correct. <laughs> it's it's correct-ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. That map has, has definitely changed a lot in the past uh, even year, um, just seeing those new members. So it's really cool to see that collaboration. Um, so you started with kind of MedSync, and it, I, I think you're so right, by the way. If you ask patients if they want to sign up for something, uh, especially something with a lot of syllables like medication synchronization, the, the answer is going to be like, eh, no, you know, uh, it, it's that, that, um, we're, we're so used to being upsold at the point of sale that, you know, nobody wants to sign up for a program, but if you just say, Hey, we can have all your medications ready for you at the same time. They're like, really awesome. Yeah, of course I want that. That's super cool. Um, so you kind of started off with the medication synchronization. Um, what was the next enhanced service that you kind of introduced into your pharmacy? So I think um, the MTM program in Ohio, uh, you know, is, has been great. And I think that we were probably doing them both at the same time, but kind of having that aha moment of, oh, we can do this at the same time because I'm seeing this person every month to get all of their things and oh why don't I check this other queue for MTMs and if I can do whatever their CMR or their tip is at this moment rather than taking you know a couple hours or a day out of the week to go through my MTM queue. Uh, so that really helped us to accomplish a lot more with the time that we had, um, especially starting out, you know, lean staff, um, lean lean in personnel trying to to get all the things done. So uh, that really I think was the next next sort of approach that we took. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, kind of kind of getting some of the uh, the basics uh, underway with uh, with with those. What was the next big push, or um, did you have kind of like a passion that that you had found in pharmacy school, like you know really? you know, diabetic training or, or, or close family ties, something that you were passionate about that you really wanted to move on next? So I think, again, like from the get-go, I shouldn't say it, mostly from the get-go, we were doing a fair number of immunizations, um, but then kind of having that, uh, you know, approach of, well, while I'm talking to you about this, we should talk about your immunizations and screening and uh, making sure that we're we're getting you up to speed as far as where you need to be with all your immunizations. Uh, so, you know, we were we were kind of always doing that. We got better at, um, you know, approaching people on a more routine basis. Um, we continue to get better as we uh, are, have access to the registry and can kind of actually see what's going on and have more data about the patient and their immunizations. Um, so that was probably the next focus area. And then during the time of CPESN, um, like review of the opioid service set, we mm. as a Ohio group um, said, you know, this is something that's really important that we need to be doing. Um, and that was kind of the next big focus for our pharmacy was to making sure that we are doing a really good job of educating people when they were getting an opioid for anything, uh, making sure that we had a solution in place to dispose of any extra medication, and then uh, making sure that we got a protocol for Narcan so that we could dispense that to patients without a prescription um, and educating them and family members what overdoses look like and um, making that 
a process that happens routinely in our pharmacy. So in uh, in Ohio, are, are there things that you guys can do uh, specifically that maybe, you know, your your legislation has allowed you guys to kind of advance your profession? Uh, there There's really a lot of variances between different states and uh and, and opportunities for pharmacists to serve their patients. So what what have you been able to find that you can do specifically in Ohio that, that you're really excited about? Yeah, so that's a great question and um, very much what we're looking forward to kind of diving into as our, our next thing. Um, but provider status through the Department of Medicaid, um, allowing us to bill on the medical side um, for patient visits. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to getting that started, hopefully in our pharmacy. I think one um, potential barrier, uh, there's probably a couple barriers here, but <laughs> the big one um, is probably collaborative practice agreements, getting those in place to be able to see the patients and then bill for them. That's a requirement within the state of Ohio that we have that collaborative practice in place. Uh, so I think as we kind of work through the next couple months of getting started with our cohort three flip the pharmacy group, um, that's going to be very much our focus of getting pharmacies paid and looking at, you know, this is an opportunity that any pharmacy in Ohio could potentially pursue trying to figure out how do we um, implement that in a bite-sized way like we have with some of these other services and and drawing that out with, um, you know, the support of the Ohio Pharmacists Association has done a tremendous amount of work on on provider status. And, you know, we have pharmacies in the network that are currently, you know, working through that process. So relying on their expertise and and those that, um, you know, have been working on it from day one and hopefully seeing a lot of growth in that area across Ohio community pharmacies. Yeah, for sure. So do you think that um, like collaborative practice uh, agreements there, I mean, have you guys had collaborative practice agreements in place to some degree before Um, or like how limited is the scope of those collaborative practice agreements moving forward? So we have never had one in place at our pharmacy. So, um, but typically it's like, per patient, per provider. So it can be quite cumbersome. Um, so, you know, if we had a collaborative practice and you were my patient, I would need to have one specific for you with your provider. Uh, so you can imagine as you work with a lot of providers and patients that see various providers, it could get kind of tricky, um, especially if we're working in the realm of one type of insurance uh, and Pursuing that, we would need to figure out, you know, with all the different MCOs that exist, um, managed care organizations in the state of Ohio, um, you know, I think our approach is going to be figure out which MCO is the most popular in our area, get signed up as a provider with them, run a report of my patients, see what our overlapping physicians are, and then try to approach the one that we share the most patients with, or leveraging local relationships to get those um, CPAs set up. So it's going to be a challenge, I think, um, yeah. but one we're up for, I guess. You know, in that small town setting where uh, you you only have a, a couple of providers, I can see where, you know, this could be extremely beneficial, especially during like flu season. Um, but what other services are you guys looking at uh, uh, with that collaborative practice agreement? Are you going to be looking for like annual wellness visits or um, where, where's that heading? So I think it'll be very much pharmacy dependent. So we've talked about it a little bit within our leadership group and just how different our pharmacies are from 
location to location. Um, and so I mentioned earlier that we have a resident who splits his time between um, my pharmacy and then also the Ohio Northern University Pharmacy. And they actually have a mobile clinic that goes out um, to rural areas. And so we've been talking a lot about, you know, what their landscape looks like versus our landscape. And their focus may end up being more like behavioral health or those sorts of things where mine may just be, you know, we focus on hypertension, diabetes and hyperlipidemia to start. Um, so, you know, it really could vary based off of the population that you're working with. Um, but I think for us at, at my pharmacy, we'll probably very much look at what kind of, um, you know, baseline diabetes, hypertension um, hyperlipidemia is what we're seeing most of the time. Um, so it seems like a very logical place to start. And likely those are the patients that are, you know, requiring more care, have a lot of um, comorbidities that, you know, hopefully we can assist and, uh, you know, give those providers some more time, um, you know, because they're very busy too, and um, free them up a little bit to do some other things. Yeah, and a lot of those are such like leading indicators of the really expensive problems in healthcare that, you know, that general practitioner may see the patient once or twice a year, uh, when really it's a, a lot of those things, that monthly coaching with that appointment-based model is what's really going to have such a strong impact. It just makes sense that, you know, that healthcare professional with that monthly touch point, that, that close uh, communication and relationship is really positioned to have the most benefit. Yeah. And, and to your point, I think that, you know, going forward to kind of one of the next things I'd like to look at is chronic care management and annual wellness reviews and kind of looking in the Medicare space a little bit more to, to grow beyond that initial, um, you know, and, and who knows what will happen um, with what we're legislated to be able to do. Um, but for, for starting with the, the Medicaid population in Ohio and see where we can grow from there. That's so cool. So, you know, that's definitely um, so something I talked about a little bit the other week, but Cody Clifton was, you know, this is a lot for a pharmacy who's already doing a lot to try to keep up with, try to stay on the cutting edge. And so to have that continuing education kind of structure um, uh, that you built with CPESN and flip the pharmacy, that seems, um, you know, if you want to practice at the top of your license, like it's really necessary to have that kind of uh, – that infrastructure. Absolutely. So um, tell me a little bit about Flip the Pharmacy and uh, what you guys are kind of diving into. Uh, we're starting cohort three at this point. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you've done and where you're headed. So I do help to lead the Flip the Pharmacy efforts in Ohio. And I also coach pharmacies as well as our pharmacy participated in cohort one. So we're kind of wrapping up um, like with the formal program, but we'll continue on and stay engaged because I think, you know, that is something that's really important to keep pushing us and having accountability measures because it, that's one of the, I think, best things that Flip the Pharmacy has brought. You know, it's this bite-sized chunk each month of like, here's what you should be doing to kind of elevate yourself to the next level. Um, and, and without that sort of putting a deadline on it and, and having some sort of like hyper focus for the month, it's really easy to just say, yeah, well, we're doing a lot of other stuff and we're just too busy for, for yeah. these other things right yeah. now. And, you know, COVID's changed that to some degree, um, that it's kind of 
reshaped how we're doing things a little bit. But um, that being said, we have we put 10 pharmacies through um, that first cohort. The second was, um, I think, about 25, 26 pharmacies. And we had some from bordering states, um, an Indiana pharmacy, a couple of Michigan pharmacies. So that was cool to collaborate with CPSN Michigan. Um, and then those pharmacies from cohort two, we're going to mesh with our new cohort three group and have about... Uh, so for that put 60 pharmacies going through together and we're going to try and do a little bit of a reset for the cohort two folks because most of their flip the pharmacy experience thus far has been COVID related. Um, and, you know, that has caused us to really uh, evolve quickly in the pharmacy. Um, so, you know, good or bad, we've, we've learned a lot and um, have really focused on that appointment-based model and figured out how to do all these immunizations and testing and, and different things. So we've done a lot as far as practice transformation, but we'd like to get back to, um, you know, some of the chronic care management things that we were initially focused on. And honestly, pre-COVID, when we went through the hypertension progression, that was just a really cool experience for our pharmacy because, um, you know, we're used to filling a, a blood pressure medication, you know, Maybe you get a chance to talk to the patient about what their blood pressure is and how things are going. But to say, um, you know, for the next month, we're going to be focused on capturing these blood pressure readings from patients and really purposefully having those conversations, recording lab values, and then revisiting that each month um, or sooner if they weren't at goal. We got to a point where we had a lot of patients that, um, you know, they'd walk up to pick up their prescriptions and they'd rattle off their latest blood pressure to me. Like I checked it this morning. Here's what it was because they knew we were going to ask. Nice. Um, so it kind of pushed them to, to be more um, cognizant of their monitoring. And then people that weren't at goal, um, you know, we were taking a ton of blood pressures in the pharmacy and we had people that were just stopping, you know, every couple of days or, or daily to get their blood pressure checked uh, because they wanted to make sure that we did get them to goal and then reaching out to physicians with those readings and having them say, yeah, absolutely, we should, we should change that medication. That's accepting our recommendations. Uh, so we just were from a, you know, provider satisfaction standpoint, you know, it was very rewarding. And then also for the patients, I think they were glad to say, well, somebody's watching out for me and we can get this done. And and not that we don't want them to go to the doctor, but if it's something that we could get done without them having to have a separate appointment and then they still, you know, are following up in, you know, three months or whatever the next appointment time was, but we don't necessarily need to wait till their three month appointment to, to get their blood pressure a goal. So that was a cool thing, I think for everybody. Um, and, hoping to kind of get back there as hopefully we get some more normalcy, um, in, in the coming months. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, that that's got to change the, the psychology of, you know, any, any kind of health concerns for a patient too, because, um, you know, I'm just thinking about, uh, my father, <laughs> you know, he lived in new Orleans and, uh, and he, he loved the food in new Orleans. <laughs> and, and I remember him telling me that he had a doctor's visit coming up and he was not looking forward to it because he knew he was going to be in trouble. Right. Um, but it was this thing in, in the future that it was like, yeah, I'll, I, I got to worry about it then. And then I'm going to get in trouble. And then I'm probably going to eat better for a week afterwards. But then I've got, you know, six or 12 months until I have to go um, be held accountable again. So being able to have like that personal goal where you can go in and it's like working with a personal trainer almost where you have that accountability and you're like, yes, I see progress. I'm moving forward. You know, it, it's a much different approach, um, you know, that, that proactive uh, engagement instead of just 
you know, yeah, it turns out nothing's changed and that didn't change anything. Imagine that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you're working with the, you know, continuing education with Flip the Pharmacy. Um, do you find that having the, um, the students in your pharmacy often kind of helps drive that energy and, and, and keep that kind of like, um, I don't know, keep you from getting comfortable uh, where you're at? Yeah, it's it's great. We love having students. I wish I could have a student all the time um, because they always just bring a fresh perspective into the pharmacy. Um, yeah. and, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different, uh, you know, background and where they've worked and, and what their experience has been thus far. So it's nice when we can kind of show them what we feel like community pharmacy should be. Um, but they always have tons of questions and ideas and um, like, why would you do it this way? What have you ever thought of this? And, you know, streamline our processes and, and just bring, um, keeps us on our toes and are just super willing to jump into whatever we have going on for the month with the pharmacy and help to drive that. Um, you know, because it's, if you can kind of task the student with, um, you know, well, we need to do X number of care plans and we're focused on blood pressures this month, you know, they are going to be the, the champion to kind of get things going in your pharmacy that month because they have some ownership of it. Uh, and, and that's been, been really great for us and our patients love interacting with the students and, um, you know, like I said, I wish I could have a student every month. Yeah, yeah. How how long is the rotation uh, when you when you have those students there? So we typically take Ohio Northern University students, and their rotations are one month long. So they're there for the calendar okay. month. So um, I was looking at your Facebook page for the pharmacy, and I thought that was so cool because, uh, especially in a small community, you know, you could see a new face there, and it could be kind of one of two things: like, oh, okay, that's one of the temp people, and they're you know. They're going to come and go. Uh, but you've kind of celebrated, hey, here's this new person starting their journey into pharmacy. We're happy to have them. So I saw on your Facebook you had, it looks like, uh, Rochelle, Luke, Kaylee, Connor. You had these smiling faces uh, kind of highlighted on your pharmacy page, which I think is so cool because it's really kind of put them in in, a, uh, you know, in the spotlight in, in your small community. So, you know, when you're when – you're, um, patients come in, I, I feel like there's already some of that connection that, that community pharmacists love and, and, you know, that, that what, that's kind of what keeps them in the community pharmacy game at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And we love having them feel welcome and, and really appreciate our patients making them feel so welcome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I love the, um, the uh, kind of dichotomy of the precepting and then also, you know, that continuing education with the the flipped pharmacy and the CPESN, I think is just so important. Um, so what's next on the, uh, on, on the horizon for pharmacy in Ohio? I know COVID was a big uh, disruption in the industry and, you know, uh, disruption a lot of times is, uh, you know, causes change and, and breeds a lot of uh, new ideas. I saw you were early to adapt to the COVID testing, early to adapt to offering immunizations. So what, what have all those changes that COVID brought uh, kind of contributed to your pharmacy and, and how does that carry into uh, 2022? That's a good question. I think we're, <laughs> we're, we're bracing ourselves right now for uh, flu and booster season and open enrollment all to happen at once, <laughs> yeah. trying to 
trying to get ready for that. Um, you know, I think really trying to work on that appointment-based model, MedSync uh, helps. Uh, and for the the testing, there's just no way we could have done it without that. Um, and as far as the, the vaccines go and boosters, um, I honestly, I wish we could do more. Uh, we did a our community was great. We did drive through clinics at our fire department um, and we had like various community members volunteer and, um, you know, just super cool. Like our chief of police was there, you know, helping out for various clinics and just lots of people willing to to do their part uh, when they didn't have to. So I'd love to see that kind of like flu season. Let's do our drive through clinic at the fire yeah. department again and make sure we get everybody vaccinated. Um, whether or not that will um, be a reality, I'm not sure about that. Um, not for the fact that everybody wouldn't be willing to do it, but I'm not sure if, um, you know, the patient mindset has quite changed to um, wanting to do that. I, you know, we still definitely have a, a convenience care marketplace. Um, and so that's one of the challenges that we face and, and trying to find that balance as we push into this, um, you know, service-based care delivery. So um, my hope is that we can continue to evolve and possibly bring on some, you know, maybe flu and strep testing now that we, you know, feel confident that we can do testing in the pharmacy. We figured it out. Um, <laughs> So what does that look like down the road um, as we kind of enter into flu season? Um, I think that's one of our next questions uh, and and just trying to balance like we added all these services quickly um, and trying to yeah. make sure that everything is sustainable and we're able to to carry them forward. Yeah, I really hope that's that's one area that pharmacies have been able to demonstrate that, hey, this is a no brainer. Like we should be doing point of care flu testing and have that collaborative practice agreement for Tamiflu. And, you know, that just makes so much sense. I, I think, you know, in states that that have some of that groundwork already in place, um, it, it just seems like the the logical push, hopefully, you know, if, if not uh, 2021, the 2022 flu season. Definitely, yeah. What, what's next for the uh, Jackson Center Pharmacy? Are, are you planning on... Um, expanding into other uh, communities? You're going to go multi-store or uh, are you planning on spending more time in the pharmacy or more time consulting? I'm, I'm always curious to see what the, uh, once we're in the new normal, <laughs> you know, what, what, what's exciting for you? Yeah. So I think um, the next big thing we have on our plate is we are actually going to move the pharmacy next door. So that's been um, kind of on the docket here for a little while. So getting ready to pull the trigger on that. I'm actually in the the new pharmacy space, if you will, um, right now. So we've put the plans together. That's our next big thing. Um, you know, long term, definitely open to the idea of more stores and, uh, you know, figuring out how we can be in more of these small communities. Um, but no immediate plans there. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think as far as next steps for me personally, um, you know, I'll always be in the pharmacy. Um, but I do love the the consulting and and working with other pharmacies and um, just learning from other people in the industry and kind of continuing to push my own um, you know knowledge base and um, build out these networks of um, you know awesome folks that are doing great things across the country. So that's definitely a, a passion for me and and bringing back what I learned to my pharmacy. Perfect. So if you are an independent pharmacy out there, and you know your doing pretty well 
uh, you're kind of, you know, you're profitable. You're, uh, you're leaving every day with a smile. Um, you know, is CPESN going to help that pharmacy? Uh, and what if you're a pharmacy that's saying, man, I, I really don't have time to do anything else right now because I'm struggling, you know, I'm, I, I'm just trying to, you know, keep this, keep this pharmacy going. Um, you know, is CPSN going to be beneficial to a pharmacy that's kind of in that boat? Yeah. So I think either way, I mean, the dispensing revenue, um, you know, is just, we watch it go down every year. Um, so I think if you're wanting to be sustainable for the future, it's really important that you advance what you're doing and take a look at these um, enhanced services and how that you can either fit them into your workflow, um, you know, because we're all struggling with wearing a lot of hats and, um, you know, have a lot going on, especially right now. Um, so it's just really important to, uh, you know, figure out a way to make it work in your pharmacy. And I think there's lots of ways that that can be done. Um, and I think any CPSN pharmacy is willing to to help you and and tell you what they've done to make it work at their pharmacies. But the leadership team, especially, um, you know, and we've worked on projects with um, both our resident and students to go into pharmacies and help them get started with care planning and and what that looks like and uh, you know just baby steps. So I think having the mindset that you know you're not going to like overnight CPSN isn't going to flip your pharmacy on its head. Um, it's all about you know just taking the next step to keep your your pharmacy relevant and sustainable for the future. So um, you know I think that it's it's a good fit for anybody that's willing to go that extra mile for their patients and and is looking to get reimbursed for the service side of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's one of those things, you know, uh, everyone goes to trade shows and they, they get uh, their their trade show book and they have their notebook and they're taking notes and they have all these great ideas. And um, when you get back to the pharmacy, you know, you still have a queue, you still have the phone ringing, you still have all those things that need to be done. Um, so it, it seems like that's a great way to carry that excitement through with some accountability and that monthly march. Um, instead of just a, a, a goal that one day we'll do that thing, I saw the trade show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? just one day at a time, one new thing at a time, because otherwise, you know, it's just not realistic. Uh, so that's really yeah. how we have taken the approach, you know, at our store is that, you know, we know we can't, uh, you know, bite off more than one, one bite at a time. So yeah, yeah. And so when you hit that first roadblock, instead of you know, putting the project aside, you say, oh, I'm going to reach out to my luminary and, you know, Allison's going to help me get this figured out. So, <laughs> yes, there's a whole whole community of pharmacies that are have been there. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to let you get back to work. Uh, thanks so much for joining. See you soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow Pioneer RX on your preferred social media platform.